Welcome to church. If uh, you'd stand with me and uh, we'll, uh, we'll start with the Lord's Prayer uh, uh, together. You can sort of uh, mumble it uh, under your masks. Um, and uh, I'm just going to repeat the one I learned at school. Like, So the NIV is different and I keep trying to learn it. Uh, uh, but it, it seemed a good thing to start this morning with. Um, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give them a clap. Please be uh, uh, seated. Um, so uh, I think this is our, our third attempt uh, at meeting together. Uh, most of you are uh, familiar faces with this uh, uh, new regime. Um, uh, the same principles uh, that have been employed before are there. Uh, and if you want some guidance, we have a steward without steward jacket. Uh, who's giving you a good way there, so go and ask him. Okay, so uh, uh, during these days of isolation, though slightly less so, during these days of worry, that still seems to be uh, kicking around, um, and during these days of novelty, you know, everything's new, you're not quite sure what's going on, um, hopefully you found that your prayer life is a source of comfort. Mm. In, uh, in times where we don't know where things are going, we don't know what new restrictions or what old pleasures will be given to us, hopefully we found that uh, recourse to prayer, that conversation with God, something that is good for us. And so uh, since we've been back, and this is our sort of third week uh, back in this hall, um, we've been looking at aspects of pet prayer, and we've hopefully kept them simple so that we don't just talk to the adults in the room, but some of the kids here too. Can I have a shout if you're a kid? Come on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I at least have brought my kids up to shout uh, on cue uh, and uh, just appreciate them uh, 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 replying. So we began, if you remember, by looking at our Heavenly Father, and seeing that with Him we can be fully known. Um, I was trying to do some research, and there seems there's different types of uh, uh, sign language, um, but it's, it sounds like, or seems like, um, that the sign fully known is you bring it up to the full one hand, and then you put your thumb to your head. Um, so to be fully known is like that, like that. So if you'd stand with me, and uh, it's just an enactment of God's knowledge of you. Yes. You are fully known. You are fully known. Excellent. Some of you are going to become British Sign Language instructors in no time soon. Um, so that was the first thing that we looked at. The next thing we looked at was the prickly subject of forgiveness. Um, we realised and discovered that uh, we need to ask forgiveness when we become Christians, but that it's a perpetual thing, that we always are um, 
needing to come before God and asking for his uh, uh, forgiveness and that Jesus' death day by day cleanses us of all the things that we've done wrong. And we also discovered that we're supposed to forgive others tirelessly, without limit. Again and again, when people offend us or hurt us or cause us grief, we are to forgive those around us. And you may remember uh, that the, um, the sign language for forgiveness was, uh, and that. <laughs> Just to, I, I did so much research, I can't remember what language I'm speaking in now. So um, I believe it's, you touch your lips and then you wipe away. So if you stand, so you already know you're fully known, and now you are, uh, and, and forgiveness is next one, forgiveness. So that's the two things that we've touched on so far. Please sit down. Looks like we've got new recruits trying to break in. We'll see what, uh, uh, whether our stewards will let them in. <laughs> that was a subtle hint for our stewards to get involved. Excellent. So I'm reading from the Jesus Storybook Bible. I am so pleased that someone's brought their own Jesus Storybook Bible uh, to read along with me. So it says this uh, um, on uh, page 228, if you're looking at your Jesus Storybook Bible. Wherever Jesus went, lots of people went too. They loved being near him. Old people, young people, all kinds of people came to see Jesus. Sick people, well people, happy people, sad people, and worried people. Lots of them worrying about lots of things. What if we don't have enough food? What if we don't have enough clothes? Or suppose we run out of money? What if there isn't enough and everything goes wrong and we won't be alright, what then? When Jesus saw all the people, his heart was filled with love for them. They were like a little flock of sheep that didn't have a shepherd to take care of them. So Jesus sat them all down and he talked to them. The people sat quietly on the grassy mountainside and they listened. From where they sat, they could see the blue lake glittering below them and little fishing boats coming in from a night's catch. The spring air was fresh and clear. Put your hand up if you've ever had a picnic in Tilgate Park. Excellent. I think most people uh, have enjoyed that. Now, I want you to sign with me a jabbing of the spear if uh, you've ever lived off the land in Tilgate. You know, maybe barbecued a squirrel, maybe picked and eaten some edible mushrooms, if you know what they look like, um, perhaps harvested and brewed your own nettle tea. Anyone done that? Give me a jab of the spear if you've done that. No. I want you to pretend to put on a napkin if you've always planned ahead and brought something with you. If you've ever picnicked in Tilgate and brought something with you and barbecued a squirrel, thank you for those that have joined in. Thinking about the future and planning for it is a part of normal, healthy life. 
is part of what it means to become an adult. That you plan for things. You look forward into the future and say, what can I do to make it better? However, it is a very common thing for that thinking about the future to become unhealthy. And uh, this is identified as worry. You can plan for the future, but worry is not a good thing. We worry, um, you can tell if you're worrying if you are fretting about a situation that you can do nothing about. That is worry rather than planning. You are a warrior rather than a planner if you are imagining terrible things that are going to happen and impossible scenarios that have never happened before. That is worry rather than planning. Worry causes us to bite our nails. It causes us to not sleep at night. It causes us to be irritable and it causes us to make foolish decisions. These are characteristics of a warrior rather than a planner. Um, this illustration is going to be slightly less powerful than I had in mind. Um, so, it was just to illustrate. Uh, so, in life, we uh, uh, take on it with all sorts of different attitudes and characteristics. And uh, worry, uh, if you've ever seen um, a sort of backpacker, is a bit like going through life carrying. Uh, I was hoping for at least 20 Bibles, but I think people have borrowed them and taken them away, which I suppose is supposed to be a blessing. Uh, but it isn't in this sermon illustration. Um, and so worry is a bit like burdening yourself with all sorts of things that in themselves are not necessarily bad, but they quickly become unhealthy. I don't know anyone who needs uh, sort of 10 uh, new international virgin uh, uh, holy Bibles. Um, but worry is a bit like putting these things on your back and going through life with them sort of weighing you down. Um, put your hand up if you think life is going to be better carrying a huge amount of, of heavy things in a rucksack every day. It is not, is it? Especially in this heat. What is it? It's quarter to 11 on a Sunday morning and we can already feel the heat coming in. We try to open up the windows, uh, uh, but already things are becoming a bit of a sweat box. Um, so, it slows me down. It makes life harder. And it's just completely unnecessary. No one needs to go around life with uh, 10 copies of the NIV Bible every day, uh, a rain or shine at home and at work. Life becomes more difficult and uh, it becomes more difficult if we allow our minds to dwell on and entertain worry. Put your thumbs down. I'm going to take this off because it weighs a ton. Life is better without worry, let me tell you. <laughs> Put your thumbs down if you've ever worried about something unhelpful. And know that worrying is just making it worse. 
It's a very common thing for us to be worrying about something, realise we can't do anything, realise it's having a negative effect on us, but it becomes like a compulsion and an addiction. We just can't help it. In today's story, we find Jesus recognises that worry is a problem in people's lives. It is hard work being a worrier. And I love the way he responds to these people. He doesn't just reject them, say, get out of here, you spawn of Satan for worrying, which some of us can be thankful for. He doesn't go, I am deeply disappointed in you all. You know, uh, that disappointment of a parent that cuts you to the heart. He doesn't say that. He doesn't get angry and start uh, sort of cursing them. And he isn't contemptuous of them. He doesn't do any of those things. Instead, we hear that Jesus, when he comes across a warrior, he responds with the loving attention of a shepherd to its sheep. If you've ever felt yourself weighed down by worry, perhaps you've worried about coming here and being contaminated or just finding church deeply frustrating because we can't do a lot of the things that we want. When Jesus comes across a warrior, he looks at you with love and he wants to treat you as a shepherd would his sheep. And we should find that helpful and encouraging. And that maybe Jesus is going to do something helpful for us. Let me continue reading this great story from the Jesus story of Bible. It says this. Oh, we've got some comments. Excellent. Um, Barry's nice and cool, apparently. Well, thank you, Barry, for that. Um, hopefully the picture is a lot clearer. If, if we could have some comments about that, that would be much appreciated. So, next page. So Jesus is talking to these warriors, these people that are concerned about the future in an unhealthy way. And he goes, see those birds over there, Jesus said. Everyone looked. Little sparrows were pecking at seeds along the stony path. Where do they get their food? Perhaps they have pantries all stocked up. You can tell this is an American version, can't you? What's a pantry? Um, perhaps they have cupboards all stocked up. Cabinets full of food. Everyone laughed. Who's ever seen a bird with a bag of groceries? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that because God knows what they need and he feeds them. And what about those wild flowers? Everyone looked. All around them, flowers were growing. Anemones, daisies, and pure white lilies. Where do they get their lovely clothes? Do they make them? Or do they go to work every day so they can buy them? Or do they have closets full of clothes? And everyone laughed. Again, you hear the lightness of this conversation. Everyone laughed again. Who's ever seen a flower putting on a dress? That's nonsense. No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that. Because God clothes them in royal robes of splendour. Not even a king is that well dressed. So, knowing 
that simply telling someone to stop worrying won't work. Who knows that just telling someone, stop worrying, ain't going to work. It just doesn't do it, does it? Jesus points out things on the landscape that everyone would have been familiar with. And he gives this thing that everyone's familiar with a new spin. It means that every time that they see these things, they will think differently about them. Perhaps they will hear Jesus' voice as they go to work, as they play with their kids, as they just do normal things. They will see these things and see life in a new way. He asks his audience to consider firstly the birds of the air and then flowers of the field, stuff that everybody is familiar with. Put both thumbs up if you've ever seen a bird or a flower. You know, I realise some of us, thank you very much, some of us may live in concrete jungles or in flats, but hopefully there is no one here that doesn't know what a bird looks like or a flower looks like, otherwise our education has failed you, your parents have failed you, um, and we'll do a little uh, wildlife lesson afterwards. If you've ever seen a bird or a flower in the wild, that means you are an expert on what Jesus wants you to know. You already know everything you need to get what Jesus is saying. You do not need Greek or Hebrew, you do not need Aramaic, you do not need a doctorate in philosophy or a PhD in theology. If you know what birds and flowers are, you're going to get what Jesus says. And he asks this question and he relieves this tension and everyone smiles and laughs. It is absolutely ridiculous to imagine birds pushing a trolley round Lidl. That's just stupid. Who's ever seen a bird pushing a trolley round Lidl? Or worrying that their American-style fridge freezer wasn't stocked up for the week. That's just ridiculous. Birds don't even have to, don't even have a pay an electricity bill. The pigeon and the sparrow simply enjoy enough seed, worms and insects for today. They have what they need for that moment. And Jesus says it's not an accident that the sparrows and the pigeons have enough food. God supplies it. God looks after the pigeons and the sparrows. Now I'm not a big lover of pigeons. I'm not, uh, they seem to get everywhere and make a mess of things and uh, they seem a little better than rats to me. But, but God seems to supply them with their daily needs. And then Jesus points to the wildflowers. And the wildflowers are growing everywhere. Um, I tried to do some research of what uh, sort of Jesus' uh, wildflowers would be looking at, uh, but it didn't seem particularly helpful. So if you're in the UK, uh, apparently honeysuckle, kingcup and cornflowers, if you know what they are, Jesus would be pointing at those if he was doing his parables in Sussex. And he would draw our attention to them. And, and Jesus would go, these daisies, they sweat about fashion. Stupid, isn't it? Daisies sweat, sweating about passion. Do they get stressed in Primark? Do they get frustrated when they can't get the right size clothing? 
That is just stupid. Why do flowers have enough splendour for today and that is enough for them? It is no accident that plants, these flowers are radiant and glorious and attractive. It is no accident that in days gone, Kev's mum would have cut them up and presented them in a beautiful bouquet at the front. It is no accident that they are glorious. God pays attention to these flowers and clothes them suitably. And these light-hearted and simple observations that we can use every day in life, they're really easy to take in. They're very simple to understand. You don't have to go, what are you on about, Jesus? I don't understand. Jesus is saying, God looks after them. They don't have to worry about it. Worry doesn't do anything for them. This morning we've learned that worry makes life harder. It makes us bite our nails, it makes us not sleep at night, it causes us to be irritable, and it causes us uh, to be frustrated. It wastes our time and our energy. In answer to this headache, Jesus laughs and points at the birds and the flowers and says, look at them, you Egypt. He's explained, you don't need to have all this worry weighing down on your head. God gives these birds and flowers enough for today. He gives them food for today and gives them clothes for today. These are essentials and if God provides them this, then you can be reassured. Listen to Jesus' final words on worry. Good to see some hatred for pigeons online. <laughs> Though I'm a little disappointed you are not coming to you in HD quality. Um, I'm going to have to take to task one of the major nails. I can't name it, obviously. Um, they never had met a king, but as they gazed out over the lake, glittering and sparkling below them, the hillsides dressed in reds, purples and golds, they felt a great burden lift from their hearts. They could not imagine anything more beautiful. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than birds. You are more important than flowers. The birds and the flowers don't sit and worry about things. And God doesn't want his children to worry either. God doesn't want his children to worry either. God loves to look after you. Uh, God loves to look after the birds and the flowers. And he loves to look after you too. Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made. Everything in it. Birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything. But most of all, his children. Even though people had forgotten, the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten. They still knew their song. It was the song of all God's creation. Um, it was the song all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was the song people's hearts were made to sing. God loves us. God made us. He loves us. He is very pleased with us. It is why Jesus had come into this world 
to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice but with his whole life, so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. When we worry, we have forgotten that song. When we worry, we have forgotten God's promise. When we worry, we have forgotten God's providence. Neither birds nor flowers live very long lives. Thank goodness pigeons don't either. But God, nevertheless, gives them abundance. He gives them what they need. Jesus tells us quite clearly and explicitly and simply that the provision for humans is even better for God loves us even more. Wow. Online and back at you. Um, Jesus tells us the provision for humans is better for God loves us more. We can be more reassured than flowers and birds. Worrying is pointless. It's okay to plan to bring sandwiches to Tilgate, but it is pointless to fret. Prayer brings us closer to God, and that means we'll act in a way that actually helps. When we worry and fret at night and toss and turn, that doesn't help. But when we bring things to God in prayer, we are talking to someone that he does very well in helping us. Okay, so we've done um, fully known, we've done uh, forgiveness, and now we're doing, um, so it's don't worry, pray. So, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't Worry, pray. So if you stand, so we've done the fully known, we've done the forgiveness, and it's don't worry, pray. Excellent. Please be seated. It's interesting, isn't it? So worry is a sign like that. You gather in stuff to yourself that you don't need to. And uh, it's don't worry, pray. We are invited by Jesus in the Lord's Prayer to ask for our daily bread. And we are reassured in this wonderful parable that Jesus will look after us, that our Heavenly Father values us. Because that's often what worry uh, comes down to. We don't think God has our back. We don't think God cares for us. We don't think God loves us. And worry is that mistrust. And Jesus says, you can trust my Father. We can sleep deeply. We can talk calmly. We can be the ones that others come to, to bring them peace. Because our mindset is focused on God. And when God meets our needs, when he fills our tummies, when he put clothes on our back, we can delight in this song that creation has known since the beginning of time in praise of our King. If you please stand, I'm going to close in prayer.
Heavenly Father, uh, we've all confessed in this room that we worry. We've all confronted the fact that we fret and uh, we worry about things that we can't control, about things that aren't good for us. Uh, and uh, Lord God, we realise it doesn't do us any good. And Lord God, we listen to Jesus' words this morning and we are grateful. We thank you that he takes a stressful subject and makes it simple. He makes a complicated issue uh, and makes it so even a child can understand. Lord God, we thank you that your uh, response to the worrying is the love of a shepherd and that you would guide us into peace. Heavenly Father, I pray that each one of us would know that we are fully known by you, we are fully loved by you, we are fully valued by you, and that you love to respond to our daily needs, to look after us for today. Lord God, I pray, uh, Lord God, that we don't worry, but that we pray. Lord God, I pray that we would be better at that response when the trials of life crowd in on us. Lord God, I pray that every one of us this week would be good at not worrying and praying. God, we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen.